Okay. Welcome to Drunk the Book Club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Olivia. Welcome to Drunk of the Book Club. A podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Yay. So this week we're reading Barbara the Slut. And Other People. And Other People. By Lauren Holmes. Also, today we're together. We are together. In, in one place. In Palm Springs. In beautiful, hot as hell Palm Springs. Yay. <laughs> uh, do you want to summarize the book, if you can? Yeah, I'll try. Um, so, Barbara the Slut and Other People is a collection of short stories, which I don't think I realized before we got mm-hmm. it, or when we picked it. I didn't either. Um, but it is, like, a collection of short stories. How many? One, two, three, four. Eleven. Eleven short stories by um, Lauren Holmes. And, I mean, we can kind of get into, like what we thought about the stories and the stories themselves, but I guess I would probably just say a through line is that a lot of the protagonists are, like, lonely and can't figure out how to deal with others. There's, like, a lot of, like, relationships that are being explored, I would say, Mm -hmm. like, parent-child and, like, romantic lover and... And I think that almost every book has something to do with sex or Mm -hmm. sexual identity. True, yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. So, yeah. Collection short story. Cool. So, I really want to hear your opinion. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So, like I said before we started recording yesterday, when we kept on forgetting to record, (laughs) um, I... I just felt like every time I got to the end of a story, I was like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Like... I think I wrote that quite a few times. Like, I, I took sparse notes. And that goes to show that it was very readable. Like, I was definitely reading. But I was like, well, what's the point? How, what am I supposed to take away? Like, at the end of Mike Anonymous, I was like, questions. She's depressed? Her job sucks? Her boyfriend sucks? Like, those are my questions that yeah. I'm like, okay, those are the things that were answered. Or, like, in the first one, how am I supposed to talk to you? What's the point? Her mom is selfish. Their relationships are fucked. She came out. I just, I know that, I know that it sounds like so shitty to be like, I don't get the point. But <laughs> I kept on coming to the end and being like, okay, so I saw a snapshot of somebody's life, but what was the narrative arc? So, okay, that's interesting. I don't know if maybe it was one of the summaries I read that it mentioned that this has to do with like, people's different sexual identities and like you know dealing with that Mm -hmm. so I sort of looked at each section and yeah at the end of each section I was like okay well great Uh there it is um but I looked at each one with like okay how am I supposed to talk to you here is this little snapshot as you said of this girl figuring out how to come out to her mother Mm -hmm. and that's kind of all we're looking at but I felt like it was even more about like how fucked their relationship was but I think that that's about, like, that leads to why it's difficult to tell her yeah. and why she decided that it yeah. wasn't worth it for so many years. That's true. Um, and then uh, the second one, Mike Anonymous, was like a snapshot of this guy making this decision, mm-hmm. knowing that something has come from it, yeah, knowing that he's in trouble, um, and just, like, the process of dealing with that. Yes. Yeah, I guess I can see that. My takeaways were all, like, different. I guess if I had, if somebody had premised 
this book for me as like it's about sexual identity and sexual politics yeah then maybe I would have latched onto those things more yeah um that's what I mean like maybe I read that somewhere and so that's why I was like oh okay because my big takeaway from Mike Anonymous was like like Vivian Vivian's sort of like experience of the world and how much her job is like sapping her of her energy and like how every time her boyfriend calls it's like you can see that there's a story underneath that but you don't get any of the details so I, I feel like it's interesting because I did recognize that all the stories had something to do with sexual identity but I kind of just took that as like not like as a given how do I you know, like, when you start seeing more shows with people of color in them that mm-hmm. are not playing, like, goofy sidekick, and it's, right. like, having real, like, um, real parts, mm-hmm. and then pretty soon it just becomes, like, normal and mm-hmm. a backdrop. I think I was reading all these stories and having, like, <clears throat> sexual identity as part of the conversation as just, like, normal, normal. and a backdrop. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. Rather than what you're saying like, is you read it as the forefront. Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to know. I don't know where I would have read that, but yeah. Um, but that makes sense that you like would read it with that lens, and then it would feel like each story has like a like a, not a message, but like a point to make. Right. Whereas I read it and I was like, "What point am I supposed to pull from this?" Right. That is interesting. I mean, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I agree that like at the end of each one. It's not like I read this book and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I learned a, I learned something, or wow, like, right. that was moving. It yeah. was just like, okay, yeah, got it. Um, but I also, sometimes, and we've talked about this before, sometimes I really like a book where I just am like, there's not much for me to think about, I just yeah. am reading through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt yeah. like it was super readable, for it sure. It was super readable. Yeah. Um, it also helps that, like, the font is a little bit bigger. <laughs> and, like, the borders are also a little bit bigger. That's true. So there's, like, you compared quickly. to the other books that we've been reading. Yeah. There's a lot less text on the page. Um, um, I really liked the story New Girls. Mm-hmm. Because that's the one where the girl moves to Germany. Yeah, I thought about during you, During middle school. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <clears throat> this is me. And, oh, my gosh. They were going, you know, when she was talking about how the kids at lunch go to that mall called Brenningerland. Yeah. Were, she's talking about Stuttgart. That's where I live. Really? Like, me and my friends went to Brenningerland, too. Aw. So I was like, this is so funny. That's really funny. Yeah, I was going to ask you if, like, she says a few German words in here. I was going to be like, is that accurate? Oh, yeah. I also was really curious about um, the background of the author, Lauren yeah. Holmes. Because there are a lot of different identities that are being mm-hmm. explored in this book. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I think that authors, like, can only, like, the old adage, write what you know, that they can only write right. what they know. But I'm also just curious about, like, how much is biographical, because I recognize that when you write, oftentimes you're pulling from, right. like, well, it, if not experiences, emotions, or, right. like... Or, like, know. what research she had to right. do to put write this book. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, the one thing that I thought was hilarious is that, just for me personally, not in general, mm-hmm. um, the, which one is the one, 
written with the dog's perspective. Oh my god, I love that one! Um, my humans. My humans. But they have the dog that's a golden retriever, and they're trying to come up with names. Uh-huh. And one of the names that she comes up with is Carmine. And that was my childhood Wait dog. Wait a second. I did not even take note yeah. of that. I mean, I obviously know the name of your dog. It was... Oh my god, you're right! Ah! Yeah. You're right. I took a picture. I was like, oh. I think the reason that I didn't notice, note that is because I was, like, not thinking of Carmine, your dog. I right. was thinking of, like, Carmine, the, color. the colors. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I know. But I was like, oh, they should have oh gone God. with Carmine. That's so sweet. I really, for some reason, loved that story. I did, too. Like, I, when it first started, I was like, ugh, I don't know how to feel about <laughs> I thought this. that the same way, too, yeah. And by the end, I was, like, so into it. I was like, I will read a whole book. Yeah. perspective of a dog. <laughs> I think That's I would. That's not surprising, though. I, I know, I know. I um, know. Are you calling me a dog? <laughs> I am. That's it. That's the takeaway here. Um, no, but I felt the same way reading this. I was like, ugh, what is this? Like, why are we reading from the perspective of a dog? I know. Like, how does this fit with the rest of the book? Like, this is really bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked it. You know what it reminded me of? Ugh, this is, like... This is obnoxious, but I'm going to bring up this American life again. Um, so there was like an episode a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was, it included like, you know how sometimes they'll have a short story mm-hmm. and somebody will read a, sh- a short story. It's yeah. not like a research piece or yeah. like an interview piece. Anyway, it was the story from the point of view of a condom. Oh, Did I heard hear that, that one? one. I like loved I it. I loved it. It was so sweet and hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. And this reminded me of that because this kind of also was like very sweet and naive. Yeah. Like the the dog is na- very naive, kind of like yeah. that condom was very naive. Right. I know. And it's like the other one obviously has a much happier ending for like the romantic involvement, you right, know, because right. it, it's very like sweet and almost happy. Yeah. And this obviously. I think it's, like, more of a love story between dog and man than right. woman and man. Right. Which I actually really, really loved. And I actually loved that it switches from the guy being so, like, ugh, I don't like this dog. Yeah. Like, why are we getting this dog? Yeah. Um, to, like, loving the dog yes. so much. I know the last lines or the last little paragraph on 211. Jenna's gone. I'm in the bed with Mike. His arms are around me. Oh, yeah. He squeezes me and unsqueezes me. I sigh a deep sigh and close my eyes. I know. I'm like on the verge of tears right now. Like <laughs> all I did was read that and I'm about to cry. <laughs> oh it's my god. It's so Look sweet. I'm like tearing up. <laughs> oh, you're going to squeeze Ricky extra hard tonight. I am. Deep sigh and close my eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. I also loved it how in that story, like, the exposition was revealed slowly because the dog was figuring everything right. out slowly. Or not even figuring it out. Just, like, taking in, um, like, information and, like, spitting it back out. Or, like, yeah. pseudo-processing pseudo it. And so, like, as a reader, we're kind of, I feel like I'm, like, looking through the dog's eyes at, like, okay, fact, 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 yeah. fact putting it together and recognizing, oh, so that's what's going on here. Right. I like that. So, I'm just trying to, like, look at, back at all the little, all the books in here, but, uh-huh. the short stories. Uh, Jerks mm-hmm. was confusing to me. Um, let me remind myself what that one was. That's the, she's a babysitter, she's deaf. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Okay, so she ends up hooking up with the guy from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, she does this whole move because she is really single. Mm-hmm. She's dependent on her father. But, like, I, what I don't understand is, okay, so she's hired to be the babysitter for this kid. Yeah. They have a terrible first day. Yeah. Um, she decides to quit. The second day goes much better. Yeah. And then she still decides to quit. Well, she doesn't quit. She's like, yeah, unless you find somebody else. Right. And that lady, like, kind of loses her mind. And the lady loses her mind. And she's not sure if it's, like, because she denied her kid. Right. But that one was just like, yeah. Again, I feel like it's a snapshot. It's a really interesting and I feel like somewhat relatable snapshot of, like, life after college. Yeah. You don't have a job and you don't have a partner and you're living at home and you feel, like, kind of pointless. and. You're, like, in this position you don't want to be in, and you feel like you're too good for this position. Right. And yet, you're finding yourself here. And, like, it ends with her saying, like, I couldn't wait to leave the summer behind. Right. That's true. But I also feel like it's, I would describe it as a vignette, not not a story. Yeah. That's true. Well, like, yesterday when you woke up, came in the living room, that's when I was rereading, so Mm -hmm. she's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That was probably my least favorite one. I, you know what's interesting? I feel like I that started. Was your most no, I started getting into the stories maybe with the Pearl and the Swiss guy. Mm hmm. And I, I enjoyed basically all of. I enjoyed reading all of the ones beyond that. Also, keep in mind that next was New Girls, and I like hella related to that one. And then there was the dog one, which I fucking right. loved. So, like. So, I really liked Weekend with Beth, Kelly, Muscle, and Tammy, though. Um, that one was the one where... The guy, his old roommate, that oh, yeah. comes to visit. Uh-huh. And, I like, their whole sexual past, and then, like, I don't know. I enjoyed reading it, I guess. Was that your favorite? No, I don't know which one was my favorite. Yeah, that one was interesting. Kind of like Desert Hearts. That one was also really interesting. I kind of got exasperated with all the characters, though. Oh, really? Yeah, and that one I just felt exasperated with everybody. Like, I felt exasperated with, um, Brenda. Mm. Because it's, like, obviously she's, like, wildly unhappy and we're... Yeah. I just, I felt like a lot of these characters were wildly unhappy and working through their feelings. Yeah. And kind of making the babiest of steps by the end of their stories. <laughs> I think that's a, a fair... A fair description, Yeah. <laughs> Um, which it's fine, but I guess I wasn't in the mood. <laughs> well, I think that's why too. I was saying I really liked walking down. <laughs> <laughs> We're by a pool. <laughs> walking down to thirty nine and just like having a drink and reading. Like it was a perfect yeah. book for like a hot day. Uh-huh. Having a greyhound. Mm, that sounds nice. And lounging. You know, yeah. I didn't have to like pay too much attention, mm-hmm. there's p- things happening around me, I yeah. could just, like, read and then look up, and, yeah. um... I mean, I feel like in the... I'm not saying this to, like, shit on anybody. I feel like in the realm of, like, books that you read, this is, like, clearly, like, MFA work, yeah. right? That's like, what it feels like. Which is... I don't mean that badly. I mean, yeah. I know that sounds, like, derogatory terms, but I don't mean it like that. Yeah. I just mean, like, I I feel like the style is very, I mean... It is her first book. 
Totally. Did she go to, like, the Ira writer's workshop, though? I'm sorry! I'm sorry! Okay. I don't um, know. I know that sounds like an asshole thing. I don't... Never mind. I can't no, even no, talk. No, no. I, I think talk. you are allowed to your opinions. And I, I know, but my opinion is shitty. No. Um, I really want to know now. Whoa. The photograph of the author was done by somebody named Beowulf Sheehan. Whoa. That's the most badass name. Now I want to get to know the uh, the photographer. Wait, I'm going to look up this person. Beowulf Sheehan. Maybe I should look up the... I, I, it's like, that's a shitty thing to say. I don't mean it. I just mean, like, the style is, like, recognizable. Yeah. Oh. Wedding photographer, I think. Oh. Writers? Oh, maybe Beowulf Sheehan's writer too. I'm sweating so Me much. Me too. I'm so sweaty. Oh my gosh. We're outdoors. Oh, by the way. And I don't know, I don't know how much... I can hear the cicadas. Oh yeah, that's cicadas right there. Huh. Now I want to know about Lauren. Oh, Beowulf right. Sheehan does photography of writers and music and politics and dance. Oh, wow. I looked up this person, and there's so many different options that are images, and I don't know if any of them are right, <laughs> but they're, like, all very different. And what, Dina Von Teese is down at the bottom. Oh, yeah, Beowulf Sheehan. Maybe he <laughs> phot- photographed her? Probably. <laughs> Maybe that's him? Maybe she is Beowulf Sheehan. Anyway, um, anything about Lauren Holmes? Holmes was raised in Hudson Valley in New York. She attended, uh... Maybe not. I'm wrong. And received her MFA from Hunter College. Her work disappeared in Granta. No? Yeah, I I'm wrong. Know. I think you're wrong. I'm wrong. I will say I'm wrong. I think and you're that's wrong. Okay. That's okay. Um, I liked Barbara the Slut. The last story. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to say about it. I did like it. I just really liked her as a character. Yeah. I thought that it was, she, I really like that story because I feel like it was the perfect mix of like, or it was explaining, it was explaining the girl that like, I feel like I could relate to a mm-hmm. lot when I was her age. Like somebody who was trying to feel empowered, but kind of going about it the wrong ways. Yeah. Like the ways that like, she's not happy with, I mean the wrong ways because I mean like at the end of the day, she's not happy with it. Right. Um, and it's also like. You know, she's got that high achiever thing going on. Mm-hmm. She's got that close with her family thing going mm-hmm. on. Like, I really felt like an affinity to Barbara, yeah. and I yeah. also really feel like if I had read this when I was like seventeen, I just would have been like, "Oh my god, yeah. speaks to me." Yeah, totally. I really liked that one. I liked her relationship with her brother. Mm-hmm. I hated all the high school kids. I know. I don't, okay, I don't relate to that. I didn't feel like people were that assholey in high school, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, I didn't really do it personally, but I've seen it. You know what I mean? Where she was coming from. I feel like her yeah. her point of view, where she was coming from. Yeah. I mean, like, her whole thing is she has sex because she likes to have sex. And it's right. like, and she wants to, like, be empowered. But she also wants to be like, I only do it once with each person because... <laughs> Which was her description of why, or her reasoning for why she does it just once with each person was so naive mm-hmm. and funny to me because it's like oh my god you're a, you're just a baby oh my god yes um but what was it it was like if you sleep with them twice then they want to flirt with other people where is it let's look oh she slept with him more than once and it made him dishonest it's like 240 at the top and so she's talking oh, about how yeah. she had slept with that one guy it made him want to do it all the time it made him do dumb things like have his hands on some other girl's butt all day and then want to give 
want me to give him a blowjob before practice. So now it's one time for a boy, and when I run out of boys, it'll be time to go to college. So it's like <laughs> she somewhat recognizes and is acknowledging the fact that, like, oh, you catch feelings if you yeah. have sex with somebody. Right. Like, if you start having sex with somebody, you catch feelings for them. Right, right. But she's not, she's not really acknowledging it. She's yeah. like, ugh. They do the dumb... They just start doing really dumb shit when you have sex with them more than once. And it's like, ugh. I just... That's... I think that ultimately is how I feel like I relate to her of my... You know, of that age at that age. Totally. Well, it is very relatable. When Mm -hmm. you're 17, you think you have life figured out. You think like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm an adult now. I totally get this. I'm doing adult things. And I know what's best. Mm -hmm. But in reality, reading it at this age now, it's like, oh. I know. Little baby. I know. And it kind of, so, it's interesting, too, because it also brings up that, like, question of, like, I think the thing that, like, pe- women of our generation, mm-hmm. this is maybe probably pretty privileged, um, have to mm-hmm. wrestle with, with, which is, like, sexual empowerment. Mm-hmm. Where does sexual empowerment sort of happen for us, and mm-hmm. where does it happen for, like, an outside audience or for somebody else? And what I mean by that is, like, I've read, um, I've read, who is it? Is it Peggy Orenstein? Her, I've read, oh, fuck. I'm not a slut. Is that? I'm not a slut. Who wrote that? Oh, Leora Tannenbaum. So she wrote this book, I'm not a slut, about, like, young women and their sexual activity and how they view it and how... Mm -hmm. Like, it plays out in their lives. I mean, it really was kind of exploring the term slut Mm -hmm. and Mm slut-shaming. And her premise was that, like, well, part of her premise was that women, young women, feel like in order to be empowered, it means having sex with lots of people and doing it for you. But that at the end of the day, there's also, like, so many double standards, and they call each other sluts, and they feel like, you know, they can use that term derogatively, and a lot of people are having sex for reasons that they feel are empowering, but ultimately are, like, really still dictated by outside forces. And so, kind of like the issue of, like, people will talk about celebrities getting naked, and they're like, it's empowering to me, I love my body. But at the same time, is is it really just a vehicle for fitting within the male gaze and trying right. to reframe something that was already dictated to you, trying to reframe it in a positive right. way, and is it really positive? So anyways, huh. all of those issues really came up to with in my mind, mm-hmm. and I feel in the ending story. Right. Um, and so that's another reason that I really enjoyed it, because mm-hmm. it's like, I know I'm kind of just rambling, but it's like... No, oh, it's interesting, though. <laughs> something that I feel like... I talk to different women of our age yeah. range... And it's probably a generalization so that everybody deals with it. But I feel right. like that trying to find that line between like slutty and like empowered, right. sexy and empowered, or right. why there needs to be a line, you know? Right, it's exactly. Just, it's complicated. It is complicated. And I think you're right. It is an issue that, and maybe generation, I'm sure generations in the past totally. have experienced this too, but it seems very prevalent now. Right. It's um, like when you have. When you have, like, people, celebrity culture and people mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, like, putting out naked photos and then mm-hmm. people commenting and being like, oh, my God, such a slut. And then them responding like, no, it's because I'm empowered. And that right. feels really good. But then you're like, well, is it really empowering? Right. For you personally? 
I mean, I think now we're going to get into like a whole conversation that doesn't have to do with this book. But then <laughs> it is interesting and an interesting idea, too, because it's like, well, it could be empowering if it's in an attempt to normalize everything, totally, right? Totally. Like, me showing a photo of my naked body is not, in my mind, like, I'm trying to think of from their perspective. Right, no, no, no. I haven't posted pictures of my naked body. But I have, like, a whole bunch out there that <laughs> you're never going to find. <laughs> it is, in my mind, um, not me trying to be like, look, mm-hmm. I'm so sexy, mm-hmm. look at my body, look how great I look. It's more like a, hey, if we keep seeing this, it's going to normalize the female body. It's right. going to normalize all of this and make it less taboo. And mm-hmm. then whether that's fitting into the predisposed like male gaze or interpretation of, of a naked body. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, is one, it's a catch-22. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to take a sec- uh, sexy, I want to take a <laughs> selfie of myself, and I want to feel sexy, right? Right. But the way that I, I'm feeling sexy is that all framed within sort of the patriarchal yeah. male gaze. Oh, God, I'm so we're gonna get, I just said that. We're going to get stuck <laughs> in such a long conversation about The this. quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, so I feel like all that came up in Barbara. It did. It this really did. Was. Okay, so why do you think the book was named Barbara the Slut? Another. Why people? do you think I have so much sweat on my shirt? Um, <laughs> Luckily, my shirt's light gray. You can't see it. Um, I think it probably comes to what you were saying about like how you were reading the story and how yeah. you framed it as like a story about figuring out your identity, mm-hmm. broad identity, but also sexual identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and how those two intersect, I would say. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, most of the characters do that in some capacity. I mean, actually, is there any? are there any characters that don't? Don't what? Deal with their sexual identity? Explore their identity, maybe through the lens of their sexual identity, or through the lens of sex. I don't think so, because you have, you have the girl coming out to her mother in the first one. Totally. You have... In the second one, the guy reliving his, like, sexual experiences in college because his um, old roommate comes in and dealing with the idea of, like, can men and women be friends? Is there a history there? Oh, my gosh. Was like, that movie? Um, I have no idea. No, I fucking love it. When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yes. I mean, oh, I love course. that movie. Yeah. But I hate how it's yeah. basically saying that. They can't. They can't, which is silly. They can. Um, <laughs> also, my, Billy Crystal. Mm, yeah. Not that. <laughs> Not, not worth it. Mike <laughs> um, Anonymous is STDs. And so she's exploring her identity, not through, like, her own sexual identity, right? More just, like... I think she's... It's making her process her relationship. Hmm. Um, she's dealing with someone else's sexual... Like, other people's sexual identities and other people's sexual histories. Mm-hmm. And then, in the end, she... You know, her boyfriend keeps calling her, keeps calling her, keeps calling her. And she has an important job of mm-hmm. dealing with these issues and helping people through it. And at the end, she tells her partner, we had someone who's HIV positive mm-hmm. today, and he's like, well, don't you always? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And she was like, no. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not her dealing necessarily with her sexual identity, but uh-huh. more her her relationship. Okay. Um, and I think, deal- like... What am I trying to say? Having to deal with other people's sexual identities and other people's sex lives 
has made her contemplate her relationship. Okay. Yeah. So it's still yeah. kind of related. Um, mm, then nice. I will call to crawl to Rayleigh if I have to. She's breaks up with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that story um, was also a lot about like the family dynamic. Yeah, and yeah. the two different families coming together and her feeling like a connection to her stepdad. Yeah. In an interesting way. Wait. Like when he at the end he like takes them out for donuts and you know, like he kind of stands up for her oh. against his brother, who he loves. Yeah. He has a really good relationship with his brother. Yeah. But he stands up for, or not her, but her family. Yeah. Her brother. Anyways. That one, are... I was getting distracted in because, like, there was a few parts that really related to what I'm going through at the moment. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah. it was kind of hard for me to read it. As a whole. As a whole. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I actually kind of liked that one. It was good. I like, I guess I like reading about like this <clears throat> I like it when you have a lot of interactions and the characters mm-hmm. kind of having their like you mentioned fam- family dynamics mm-hmm. I think I, I like the ones that were like about a sad contemplative character less hmm interesting like Desert Hearts the next one yeah I like I said I kind of was annoyed by everybody see and I liked that one but I I also might have just liked that one because it's in San Francisco that's true I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only one, New Girls. Mm-hmm. She has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But it's not but really. But there's no sex in it. No. I, I think mean, it's just her relationships. And it's her trying to... It's her navigating how to interact with other girls. Which is good, actually, too, because it's the only perspective you don't really have in here well. No, there's many perspectives we don't have in here, but Mm -hmm. everyone in here is roughly the same age, Mm -hmm. so then you have the dog, and you have a little kid. Yeah. Yeah, Um, that's true. So I feel like... See, but I feel like, okay, you asked the question of why do you think she titled it Barbara the Slut? Yeah. I feel like New Girls and Barbara the Slut, um, those both really explore kind of what we were just talking about. Like, kind of like what it means to navigate being a woman. Yeah. Um, whether it's, like, how to interact with other girls in a positive way without calling each other sluts. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it's to feel sexually empowered without feeling, like, empty. Right. And sad. Right. So those two, for me, like, really went well together. They do go well together. But I feel like they... I feel like they could be, like, a central section, but I feel like some of the other ones, I mean, I guess they, they all kind of, you can argue that many of those, them have to do with that as well. Yeah. I don't know. I think so. There's like, if I could draw a map of like all the connections, the webs, they, mm-hmm. I think they all clearly have connections, mm-hmm. but I, I think the map would look like a very, very large, like I took I took a bunch of yarn, I undid the yarn ball, and I just kind of, like, threw it on the ground. And it's all connected. <laughs> right. But it's not, like, linear. And right. it's not, like, centralized. Right. And I think that that is maybe both a pro and a con for me. Huh. Interesting. I don't think that that's a con for me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that they necessarily all need to be super connected. I mm-hmm. think that if they were super connected, it might be... I, no, I don't know. 
I think I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> I would say it could be, like, a little bit more boring. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually true. Yeah. I think I also, like, right now, school started back up. Yeah. We're talking about narratives. Yeah. Like, me, I'm... That's where your mind about is. plot maps with my students. Talking yeah. about, like, if you don't have a conflict, you don't have a climax. If you don't have a climax, you don't have that central part of a story. Right. And then I'm reading this, <laughs> and um, some of them don't have that clear narrative right. arc. Not that right. all stories need that, but it's also right. kind of where my brain is at. Right. Because I'm talking to kids about the basics <laughs> of, like, stories. Of stories, yeah. Of that makes sense. So that makes That also sense. is probably yeah, the Yeah, if you're context. learning how to write a story, this is not the book that you would read for right. reference. Right. At all. But I do think if you want to explore lonely, sad characters. <laughs> Which I always do. <laughs> um, then it's good for that. Yeah. So, what's your, like, ultimate takeaway? Ultimate takeaway is I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked reading it. There were... I thought the stories were interesting. Mm-hmm. I probably won't read it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone was like, oh, I'm looking for, like, a book to just, like, read on the airplane, I'd be like, <laughs> cool, you can borrow this. Yeah. Because, like, it's easy, you can pick it up. Yeah. There's not really a lot that you have to think about. Right. Um... And if you fall asleep reading it, you can, like, go back to where you were and be fine. That's true. That's true. That sounds like a terrible review. <laughs> but I said I liked it. Yeah. No, that's what true. about you? Um, I don't regret reading it. <laughs> I know that's, like, horrible. I really, really, really enjoyed, like you said, my humans. Yeah. And Barbie the Slut and New Girls. Like, those uh-huh. three stories I would reread. Yeah. Like, I would like to have, like, a little copy of each of those stories, yeah. and I would reread them. The rest, I'm not going to reread. I just know. Yeah. Um, but I will hand this off to, when I when I do give this away, I'll, I'll you know, yeah. say it's readable. Yeah. Um, I'll probably mention, like, everything has something to do with sexual identity yeah. or and identity, and the characters are figuring things out, because maybe having that in mind when you read it is going to be, like... A, a guideline that right. will be more satisfying. Um, but yeah, it was like I said, it was readable. It brought up issues that I found like really interesting mm-hmm. and wanted to think about. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately, at this moment, I needed something that like had more of a more structure or something. I just had more of an arc for the characters. Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. I needed that. Okay. I needed this more of This didn't give me what I needed. <laughs> I have a lot of needs, and this did not fulfill any of them. Oh, my God. Also, like, I'm side-reading Octavia Butler right now. Oh. And those characters in the book that I'm reading, The Parable of the Talents, they're going through some insane shit. So then I come to this, and I'm like, oh, you guys are not figuring out, like, how to solve the end of the world. Right. You, you guys, guys aren't are figuring boring. out, like, race relations in 2032 America. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably a bad comment. Don't read Octavia Butler while you read this book. Good advice. But do read Octavia Butler. Yes. After <laughs> or before this book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so are we wanting to do Harry Potter and the Cursed Child for yes. our next book? Absolutely. I'm so excited. Me too. Oh, God, I do wish... Do you have it yet? No, I don't. Do you? Me? No. Oh, I was going to say, I wish that we could just, like, read all day now. I know. <laughs> Instead, we're going to drive all day. I can read it to you in the car. <laughs> oh, please do. Oh, my God. <laughs> we would, it would be done. That's Eight hours true. of driving. We'd probably Maybe Harry we Potter. should look for the audiobook online. 
Maybe. We've never done audiobooks. Maybe we should. And force Emily and Dory to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not alone on this road trip. <laughs> there are two other women here with us. But drunk book. Drunk um, book needs. Drunk come book first. needs always come first. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Yeah. So well, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Still okay, looking for more uh, suggestions mm-hmm. and recommendations. Yeah, I enjoyed reading short stories. So yeah, me too. If actually. anybody wants to suggest like a short story collection, I'd be down. Down. Soup's down. Yes. Find us on uh, Instagram at Drunk with the Book, and same goes for Twitter at Drunk with the Book. Drunkofthebook at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And our website, drunkofthebook.com. Let's, Let's get, get reading! reading. <laughs>